and welcome to Talk Theater in Chicago. I'm your host this week, Ben O'Nelson, and I'm here talking today about theater and accounting with Martin Kaminsky of Rockstar CPA and the great Andrew Hobgood of uh, the New Colony, <laughs> artistic director thereof. So he's great now. Yeah. yeah, he's great. This is the second take that we've done of this, and the first time Martin was great, and that elicited laughs, and I, I was hoping that this one wouldn't, but it did too. It did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, um, so Martin, you run and own Rockstar CPA. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that is. We are an accounting practice that deals with clients primarily in the entertainment industry, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, and then also kind of spread out into creative fields in general. So people like uh, graphic designers, web design, that kind of thing. Anybody that doesn't, that, that would probably have a hard time sitting down and dealing with uh a normal accountant. And what is it that makes it hard for a normal accountant to take care of of creative types? Well, there's a couple of things involved, probably. The first is uh, a lack of understanding about what it is that you do, what your business is like, and Mm -hmm. the fact that people can engage in things like painting as a business. And different kinds of things are deductible for different people. And a lot of my clients have come to me after years of being told that they couldn't write this or that off. Uh, because it wasn't a valid business expense. But that really just came from the accountant not knowing what their business was. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. The second part of it is communication and knowing how to put things in a way that people who don't really like taxes Uh (laughs) will be able to swallow. Is that a small group of people? Uh, It's a large majority of my clients. Yeah. 98% of know. For the record, they pay what they should pay, in case anyone's listening. But the, uh, <laughs> but in general, no. They, they would rather not pay the government anything, if possible. And ultimately, you're talking about people who generally make very little money. These are not yeah. people that should be paying much in tax anyway. So when they show up at you know some big tax shop and end up owing thousands of dollars in self-employment tax, let's say, because they were denied all these other expenses in their life, um, those are situations that I can even go that I do go back and fix for people retroactively. Well, historically, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's really cool. Well, I, I mean, also just diving into that, I would Please. also say that there is uh, additionally almost uh, a negative backlash that happens for those creative types who have had that experience. I mean, I, I have known people who uh, who would rather try to bilk the system. Or uh, are just completely uh, turned off because they do feel completely unrepresented by, you know, as a legitimate group of people by the IRS and, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, these organizations. So it it is, uh, I think, important to have people who can communicate and let them know that, you know, you're not just going to get screwed because you like making paintings for a living. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. So one of the things that you're mainly talking about now is like is deductions on taxes based on business expenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like like an anxiety that I would have about preparing my taxes is like accountability for claiming deductions. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? How do you do that? Are you, if, are you asking who's ultimately responsible? Yeah, sort of. I mean, like I think a business expense, for example, is, you know, if I'm doing interviews with people for an article that I'm writing... I will buy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's a cup of coffee that I wouldn't buy if I didn't have this job. Right, you wouldn't need to be awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would feel awkward deducting that necessarily because 
if the IRS is like, are you sure you wouldn't have had a cup of coffee? It's like, well, geez, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that a bad example? No, that's a great example. I mean, and, and it's one that's, that's very prevalent. Uh, unfortunately, I want to stress that this is terrible. A lot of artists, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Even if they uh, are working with somebody that knows what can and can't be deducted in, in this way, a lot of them just feel bad deducting these things because <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. Maybe because it's connected to something they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they feel bad yeah. both doing this and getting to do what they love, and then also getting a tax break from it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it, but that's definitely I there, see it all the is, time. There is some sort of guilt associated uh, with money and artists. Yeah, I, either feeling, I mean, because I know that uh, I mean, even in conversations where people will be you know floored by how much you know an artistic director of a major regional theater is getting paid right and they're like that's you know that's just way too much to be getting paid for for being an artistic director but then at the same time you know why would you think that it's not okay for somebody to get paid a lot of money for doing art right yeah 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 i think that's interesting right and that's why i'm saying my clients aren't opposed to paying taxes that they should pay no of course right Right. they they will and they like you said happily will pay what what is due but all we're talking about is being truthful mm-hmm. about what happened and yeah. honestly communicating reality yeah so this a lot of my advice to when I, when I speak with in, in groups with people or if I am working one-on-one with a client a lot of it comes back to that concept is being accurate and representing the truth of what happened which means yes deduct all those expenses you incurred last year even if it does mean you spent two thousand dollars more than you made Mm -hmm. that's real Mm -hmm. you should show that and not run away from it and Mm. and get the benefit of of that tax break from doing so on the other hand it means if you are uh looking at a tax bill that's a little too high and start wondering if you can deduct your you know doggy care that's probably not fitting within the reality of your situation yeah 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 what are some what are some common deductions that like people in the theater community in chicago can or should deduct can you say that in a general way yeah absolutely um i think one of the biggest misunderstood and underutilized areas of deductions is Mm -hmm. research oh interesting Mm -hmm. and as an artist or as any kind of creative professional wow the things that uh come into your life that are that are part of research and developing you as a professional Mm -hmm. uh influencing how you do what you do some some people could say that it's pretty much everything in your life affects affects your art in some way yeah but there are certainly some very concrete things like if you're an artist any museum you go to any Mm -hmm. gallery show you see any opening night any all of that stuff these are all things that that wow influence and further your career even uh even for some you know if you're a film critic down to a a netflix subscription you know so Mm -hmm. so things that that broaden your understanding of what you do wow that's really interesting so like any that's great. You mentioned like makeup, for instance. Do you think are there like a couple other just like common ones that you could mention? Oh, uh, yeah. Agent fees, audition expenses, um, bank service charges. Pepto-Bismol. 
if you have a if you have a, a bank account that you use specifically for uh, taking in and paying out your your business money. Oh, sure. Um, any advertising you do, comp cards, headshots. business cards, headshots, mm, wow. websites mm-hmm. that you create for yourself to promote your own career, um, email marketing. Uh, you know, it's. I I have lists available on my website of, of typical deductions nice. for um, for different kinds of artists, okay. actors, and and artists and writers and such. But again, what's more helpful for you and people in general than me enumerating some list of sure, deductions sure, sure. would be to give you a way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And the way to think about it is. This is kind of the gut check I tell my clients to use when you're encountering something and you maybe it's not on my list, but is it still deductible? I don't know. If you had to spend that money in order to make the money that you made in any way, if whatever your business activity is, if you had to spend this money in order to make your income for that activity, then you should write it off against that. Wow, that's great. And that notion will kind of help you navigate, you know, the uncharted stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. So I want to talk a little bit about you and um, your sort of like road to where you are now. Um, Andy was uh, uh, gossiping a little bit about you on a ride over. And, oh, no. Um, so you, as an undergrad, you... Well, what, let's start with that. What's the dirt that you know? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll get right down to it. So, yeah, Andy was saying that as an undergrad, you studied theater. Yeah. And then as a graduate student, you transitioned into accounting. Yeah, I actually even, I added accounting as a second undergrad degree in at the back half of my college. So I nice. squeezed it in, uh, in, you know, I managed to do both majors and I think a in four and a half years. Um, Sweet. And then stayed on, did a master's in accounting, and had the idea at that point in time, um, because at that point I knew everything, <laughs> that, that I was going to graduate college with all these degrees. Nice. And um, I was going to work in public accounting for you know, five years or so, make uh, a boatload of money, which you can do working in public accounting, uh, and then use all this money that I've made and mm-hmm. saved up to start a theater company. And that's how I was going to do both things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I got into public accounting, and uh, it turns out I could only stand it for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I preferred to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. So uh, I left shortly after about a year after i after i started public accounting went off and started my own practice uh and then about three or four years ago brought it down uh from milwaukee where it started to chicago cool and the rest has been uh it's been virtually no advertising and all word of mouth Mm -hmm. growth throughout the city wow which i have to say was an unanticipated benefit of targeting creative people and artists yeah because you know we talk all the time well, we're natural about networkers stuff. right yeah it's it's an industry where i mean you're taught it's all about who you know is what you're told when you sure, go sure, sure, sure. so right. you naturally the people 
who get into this naturally like to talk and hang out. We all know that we spend more on drinking expenses than on our rent. Um, and we I can all, vouch for that. Yeah, and we <laughs> that is not true for me, Mom. <laughs> uh, and we and and so yeah, like it's it's incredible how fast things like this can populate throughout sure. our industry. Yeah, and and yeah. sort of I think it's what's interesting to me is. Um, you, so you had this love for theater evidently, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, but the idea was at first to make it a kind of sequential love. Yeah. You had this love for theater. That was like the originating love. And then you had this skill or this love or this facility with accounting Mm -hmm. and you were going to do that, focus on that and then revert. Right. And instead what you found out is that you can actually do them both at the same time. Yeah. I never thought I'd want to because at that point I thought that I hated the theatrics of business uh-huh. <laughs> and all the fakeness and showiness and all that stuff. And I didn't much stand, I didn't much like the business of the theater world either. I uh-huh. liked making art. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought I'm going to break this up and do it separately there. So, mm-hmm. um, I found myself there, uh, kind of by accident, but cool. I've been with, uh, I've been managing director at Clever Action theater company for uh for a few years now and uh continue to do that work producing theater with them while i'm also very much entangled in the business of all these individual artists Mm -hmm. and and some some businesses as well so what made you decide this is what's really interesting to me is you had this accounting practice and what made you decide to go after nonprofits? well it was that like yeah, that it makes it seem like I was more with it than I was. <laughs> <laughs> really, if I'm going to be honest about it, really what That's happened what is it had already happened, and then I went, oh, the, I work with artists. Oh wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Does it irritate you people's impression of you as an accountant? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Do you what what is that sort of like tension? Do you mind talking about that? No, that's, this like creative accounting kind of dichotomy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. Um, I got in trouble a few times because I used to I, I had prepared presentations for people and called it creative accounting, and they they didn't like it um, because they I guess they thought it smacked of Enron or something like that. But <laughs> it's not really the creative accounting I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I I used to be afraid of it. I'll say this. When I started my own practice, and it was uh, originally daftly titled Martin M. Kamensky SC, right, was the name of my business. That, in that day, when I was just kind of doing accounting work for um, businesses in general, and I would tell people that I was an accountant, Mm -hmm. that, yes, I was at that point a little skeptical about, you know, I I was reluctant. To be honest, I'll, I'll tell you this. I did not tell people I was an accountant very often when I would meet them at a bar. Hmm. I would not do that. However, now with this new thing that I've started re-imaging the company uh, with a focus on artists and creative individuals, yeah. uh, right off the bat when people find out that that's what I do, they're going to know that something's up mm-hmm. and they're going to mm-hmm. you know, know that I'm not the typical CPA that... Uh, Jeans are part of my uniform, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I got rid of my company car and have a company motorcycle. Nice. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's there's uh, rock music that plays when you start my website. So it's like, I think all public touch points about me are pretty mm-hmm. are pretty clear as to uh-huh. as to where I land. Um, and do you feel like I? You feel like now you're you're able to present a more honest like sort of picture of who you are and what you do. And do do you feel like people are receptive to that? I think so. Good. I think so. I'm, you know, if you uh, if you open yourself up to people, and that really, what I try to do is act as a conduit of information to mm-hmm. and from um, the IRS and creative people to bodies that otherwise don't communicate well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when you open yourself up in that way, I think it's pretty hard to, to have people shut down from that. Mm-hmm. So, so that, just sort of that's happened. just who became my clients. That's really, really interesting. They spread me, uh, spread my name around to, to other friends of theirs, and um, you know we tend to band together. Cool, cool. And Andrew, you have a sort of business background as well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I actually, well, because my background is sort of twofold because um, uh, my mom uh, was a musical theater actress and my dad was an engineer. Nice. Um, And um, it became pretty clear early on that I was going to be doing something in the arts for a living, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, having declared myself the next Gene Kelly when I was three. Nice. Um, And that, you know, that's going to happen. Um, but, uh, in that time, my, 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 my dad, uh, I think really sort of figured out that that was what I was going to be doing. And in his, uh, wisdom of, um, chose to really start, uh, building sort of business and, and, uh, and money and computing into my education. So he, hmm. he really pushed, uh, computers on me when I was really young and, and was teaching me about what he was doing at work with them. Wow. And, um, and then when I, uh, got into college, uh, the next thing he wanted was for me to come on board, uh, during the summers to work at his company. Hmm. And he was getting me involved in the various aspects. And, and I started learning about business operations during that time. And I was learning just uh, so many just interesting things. Um, and that sort of led to, uh, that sort of led to my, consulting, which I was doing operations consulting, which then, you know, operations consulting is just doing logical consulting, which accounting is just logic with numbers. So then Mm -hmm. that turned into accounting. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I was working mostly with like computers, you know, accounting systems. And then that turned into, I learned what debits and credits were. So then I started learning about how to do accounting. And so I sort of was at the same time as I was learning all this uh, theater and music and arts, uh, I was almost accidentally learning this whole business side that now it's, it's literally been like, I would say the last two or three years that sort of dawned on me what my dad had done Uh because all of a sudden now I talk to people and they don't know and and they weren't exposed to these things. And it, it, and and these are just things that just, sort of happened and I, I had no idea what the what the logic was all along the way mm-hmm. so what i guess the, my first sort of question for both of you i guess is like what do you think are the big since both of you have done accounting for theater companies and nonprofits, and you know we don't have to use any names at all but what, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that not as individuals but as organizations that oh my god that like that theater companies are making in chicago yeah 
keep your goddamn books clean. What does that mean? That means, like, just if you're going to write a check, put it into an accounting system quickly. Like, put it in QuickBooks. Don't throw it on a, a pile of shit and then just, and then when December rolls around, go, I don't know where my money went. Uh -huh. like, just actually know the difference between your types of income no just you know did you get this from a donor or did you get it from tickets and more importantly actually know how much you sold in something the number of people who or when i'll ask them you know well how much did you make in ticket sales during this and they can't answer that question I'm like, wow. well then what are it didn't it's, i mean it's mind-blowing wow, wow wow i've had a lot of coffee <laughs> seriously i have <laughs> yeah he's he's uh He's right on. Uh, the the amount of misinformation that's out there, mm -hmm. I, I think that I've seen is um, is pretty surprising. But also, in a way, it's not because the if you look at the resources that are allocated to the work, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of times it kind of makes sense because all right. So as a nonprofit, you're trying to limit your administrative costs in general. You sure. want as much of your money to go to the product, whatever it is you do mm -hmm. as you can. Oh, yeah. All right, now, then, out of the small amount of money that you're trying to devote to administration, how much are you going to spend on accounting? Or are you instead going to give uh, your assistant director or associate producer mm -hmm. an extra $200 a month to just kind of maybe figure it out? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think what's most important because regardless who you have doing it on an ongoing basis, is to have somebody take a look at it at least once a year. Uh, of course, if you can if you can maintain better information on an ongoing basis throughout the year, that's ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, but the worst thing that you could do is let all of these mistakes add up and start accruing mm -hmm. year on top of year on top of year, where all of a sudden you didn't, you know. You didn't even know that you were missing all oh, this yeah. information and mm -hmm. had all these expenses. Um, that's that that can prove devastating and sometimes fatal to an organization. So auditors are expensive and nobody mm -hmm. likes dealing with them. <laughs> so if you don't need to, don't. But find somebody. So find a friend of a friend or somebody's parent or something. Somebody who's uh, who's a, an accountant. Uh, or even a CPA if you can find one and have them look things over for you. Mm -hmm. um, maybe on a pro bono basis. The Illinois, it, it, assuming that most of you listening are in Illinois, the Illinois CPA Society is uh, also a good place to find people who are interested, who mm -hmm. are accountants who are interested in hooking up with nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, one of those sort of matchmaker-type facilities. Nice. Um, but in a not one creepy the way. least erotic matchmaker. There's well, no, yeah, there's no profile pics, so <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> well, and and I would say, you know, one of the things that I and just being part of, you know, a, a new theater company here in Chicago and uh, uh, and networking with the other, you know, smaller yeah. theater companies and just sort of hearing what's been going on. Um, and one of the and one of the things I think is that, I mean, uh, and you and I were kind of talking about this earlier, but you know, there is and you know, just sort of this fear. I think there's a fear of money, and so there's always that. Um, there is that sort of. Uh, you know, artists I think want to push the the money side of it away because a they I think that they're afraid that they don't understand it, and mm -hmm. also and and I think that there is almost a um, uh, uh, you know a self image or something like that. Yeah, if, you I know, think that's when true. you 
you know, because you know you don't know what it is. So then you feel bad about yourself when you're trying to deal with it. And so it's better just not to deal with it because then you don't feel bad about yourself. Um, but, I mean, the truth, and, and God, the number of times I have argued with people about the idea that, you know, you know, you, you know, you have the artists who have their like fuck the audience and all that, and you're yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah. I understand that, but you do have to pay rent at some point. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, and and I think that that sort of piles up as well. And uh, the 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 fact of the matter is, you just need to know. You have to know your financial picture. You have to know how much you're spending, and you have to know how much you're making. And I think that the, like literally those two numbers. Uh, I would be willing to say that most small nonprofit theaters could not say that like off the top of their head. Wow! Nor uh, and 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 you have to know that, and uh, and not even just you know have one person in the room who knows that. Mm-hmm. I think that typically what happens is the executive director knows that, or the finance director, if you are you know if you're far along enough to have two different roles focusing on your finances. But then I would say that, you know, because most smaller nonprofits don't have a, you know, necessarily a paid managing executive director, finance director or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It is more of a volunteer. So they end up having one person who kind of has an idea of what this is. And then the rest of the company is totally clueless. Um, and uh, and I think that an incredible thing uh, that would, I think any nonprofit that actually taught everybody in their company how to understand uh, the financial picture would immediately see uh, strengthening in their, in their overall hmm. um, product, in their standing. You know, they would understand how their donors affect. I mean, one of the things we did, we actually, because we did our, we closed out our books and we were looking at our total financial picture and we realized that our donors literally paid for one entire production of the season uh, because it was something we made. Uh, we had uh, somewhere around 16000 in donations and Tupperware cost uh, a little over 15000 So literally all the donations of 2009 made it possible for us to have Tupperware. And if we didn't have those donors, we would not have been able to do the season closer. Um, right. And when we saw that, by seeing those numbers and realizing that, we realized we're not paying nearly enough attention to our donors. Like these human beings made it entirely possible for one of our shows to happen. And we don't talk to them enough. We don't thank them enough. We don't do this, which I would be willing to bet is another thing that nonprofits don't realize Hmm. what impact your people make. You don't realize what impact your audiences make. I mean, I was floored to find out how much we'd made in ticket sales. I mean, I, I was underestimating somewhere around by $7,000 think, and realizing how supportive our audiences are. Mm -hmm. Um, and then looking, uh, I mean, we also like broke out our, uh, our donations by people who had donated while seeing the show or after the show or people who made donations, on their own separately and realizing how many people actually saw the show. They bought a ticket, saw the show, and then they wanted to give us more money and realizing we should be staying in touch with those people because a, they come to see our shows, whereas some of our donors live Mm -hmm. away from Chicago. Uh These are people who chose to give us money twice in a row. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all of that, literally all of that information came from our financial picture. That's amazing. I able to look at That's our totally end of year statement. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that good accounting could solve the financial problems of the American theater? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, unequivocally, no. It's it's very helpful to organizations 
And I would say now, I, I would say small organizations especially, but now I think that's even growing a little bit more as the financial pressures that are being put on sure. nonprofits in general, and especially arts organizations, are making, it, it's more like everybody's a little tight with their money, even at the slightly bigger mm-hmm. side, uh, definitely in the middle. And so it, it is important for everybody to not only keep track of everything well, but to, uh, like you said, have that understanding and communicate it. Be be mm-hmm. open with it. Mm-hmm. I know that we at Collaboration um, did share in a very open way at our last annual retreat with, with the company membership what exactly our financial position was like, why it was the way it was, what we planned to do differently or how we planned to move on. And uh, we got tremendous feedback from that, most of which was, I had no idea yeah. that that's mm-hmm. how much things cost. Mm-hmm. Or, or I had no idea that, you know, that, that this was that successful or that wasn't. Um, and that I just I'll just quickly tag in that that was actually something that came up in uh, I was at the the uh, the League of Chicago Theaters did a, a, a conversation piece around that book Outrageous Fortune that came out about oh yeah cool and that was actually one of the things that floored me was uh, there were playwrights in the room who were talking about how they had absolutely no concept of how much their plays cost to put up. Yeah, and they were, wow. and and one of them, I think it was uh, Laura Jackman, I think was the one who who actually said she finally was able to get somebody to tell her um, how much the theater had paid to produce her show, and she could, and she was amazed by the amount of money that this theater company actually was throwing behind her piece of writing, and wow. it, and and I think that's you know that is a great example of where. Um, having that openness everybody in the room learns what their stake is and learns how important this is Mm -hmm. because you know when we're not even telling our playwrights how much we're spending on putting up their plays it seems yeah yeah you know and 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 my thing what i always say is like what are we protecting them from what is it what does it hurt for them Mm -hmm. to know if Mm -hmm. we you know how much we spend on their show um and actually, similar to what Martin was just saying with collaboration, we actually that uh, uh, one of the things that um, I started doing with New Colony was uh, uh, we've been doing this uh, this thing called open book management, which is basically where every single person at every single level of the company um, we have total transparency with our money, and uh, and I've been going through and teaching the ent- every company member, whether they're an actor or a playwright or or anything, I've been teaching every company member uh, how to read a financial statement wow. and the differences of income and the differences between contributed income and earned revenue and stuff like that. And and we had, like Martin said, we had the same kind of reaction where people were just amazed with where our money was going. Hmm. And they were also amazed with like realizing how how much of our expenses are just our productions. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that realization where they, they didn't, they had no idea how much our company was being supported by the public. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what have you learned about art making, about theater making from your like accounting experience? Um, uh, I would say, you know, um, one of the things, I mean, uh, at least as an artistic director where, you know, I'm, I'm planning a season and selecting these things. Um, uh, one of the things I have now started taking into account is, uh, is being able to somewhat, you know, look at our past 
shows, look at how much they cost us, knowing that obviously, you know, next season, which will be our third season, we're going to have to improve our production elements, et cetera. So I'm going to have to, you know, raise expenses. And But being able to plan and think about shows in terms of like how much do I think they're going to cost and how much do I, you know, and also I'm not, you know, in, in, you know thinking about are people actually going to buy dicks to see this? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, a very reasonable thing to consider. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, you know, if we're just like throwing paint at walls, is anybody really going to want to come see this? <laughs> um, and you know, and I don't say as in like selling out, you know, and, and doing an entire season of just, you know, you know, Neil Simon plays or anything like that. But, um, but just even picture, you know, just picking shows that I feel like the public would support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, the last thing I'll want to ask any of you, busy man, Martin, and need to get back to the uh, to the grind, uh, is for with both of you having theater backgrounds, and I know Andy develops playwriting and stuff. Um, what is the? Do you have an accounting story that you think would make a good play? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, may, maybe you'd be surprised to find out that the world of accounting, even when related to theater. Mm-hmm. Is not flashy. Uh huh. So there are not really many whoa, aha moments, you know. Mm-hmm. Aside from having a client <laughs> dragged off in handcuffs for tax evasion, which has never happened to me. Oh, okay. Oh, man. But aside from something like that happening, mm-hmm. what really uh-huh. Uh-huh. are you going to be writing a story about that would be, you know, that would be momentous enough to attract an audience? Yeah. Um, if anything, uh, it's not be a Broadway play. If anything, exactly. <laughs> I think the uh, like a small German play. Well, there is. I have a. Uh, um, there's a movie. Uh, I have a client who's who's produced a film that's going to uh, open actually on April fifteenth. Nice. Called an inconvenient tax. Um, <laughs> so, so he made he he's uh, he's shot this film and uh, it's going to it's managed to take taxes and turn it into a movie at least. That's great. So that's a start. Maybe not theater, but yeah. there's something. Um, and really, I think the experiences that I've had with with my clients and even the businesses that I work with um, really all mirror more the interactions that theater people have with each other in general mm-hmm. which are ridiculous mm-hmm. and easily writable mm-hmm. um but is there anything specific about accounting uh no i can't uh, <laughs> can't can't say that i have and to, and to be honest i'm i'm pretty glad about that yeah <laughs> I, i'm sure you are yeah. i like that that uh accounting is is its thing and it's uh predictable and uh, I don't have to worry about it too much. That's neat. I, ha- I get to spend time with my creative people and, and hang out, and, and that's really where the fun is at anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, pr- a practice of accounting would not be story worthy, <laughs> but holy God, you meet some people, and, yeah. and, uh, and there's some interesting things that they do with their money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there anything else that either one of you would like to say about, about, the, about theater or about accounting or about... The way they intersect in this town or in life. Well, I'll will say this. Uh, I'll add this to, since it's getting close to tax time, and and uh, given my inbox, I'm guessing a lot of people right now are starting to think about mm-hmm. making making sure they get this done. Uh, a lot of people will ask me when I go speak in in groups if 
if they have to go see somebody to get their taxes done or if mm. they can do them mm-hmm. themselves. And I think that's a valid question. And especially with people that are not making much money, maybe maybe paying a couple hundred bucks for to have somebody else do your taxes for you is, is just out of consideration. Um, if that's the case, there's there's a lot you can do. There are a lot of resources, obviously, online that you can use from deduction list to instructions to all that stuff. And then if you do have a good year, two, three years down the line, and you have some extra money, it might not hurt to just have somebody take a look at those. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Even ones that you filed on your own, bring them to somebody and let them make sure that, that you've done it well. And that will cost you a lot less probably than, than the initial preparation. Interesting. Right now, I can tell you that on average, people... People that are self-employed in any way, mm-hmm. artists being being a lot of those people. Your world of tax is a complicated one, and um, you know it. The, another good alternative to to doing them yourself might be to find somebody to help you with them the first time, and then mirror what they do on your own down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But especially if this is a new thing for you. Mm-hmm you're getting into the arts for the first time uh getting some advice can often save you a lot of money cool yeah and I, yeah and I, I would i would just say you know don't treat money and and finances and accounting as an enemy instead of letting the this financial side of the arts be something that weighs you down like take control of it and and learn how to how to to master it and and make it a tool for you and make it something that helps your helps you succeed because right I, I think that that's the biggest thing I run into is I, I feel terrible when I see these nonprofits who uh, that seem to be getting enslaved by their finances and mm-hmm. thus uh, it, it can be very demoralizing and mm-hmm. it's and it's you know it's hard to make great art when you're scared of you know being able to pay the rent or anything like that and and just learning something as simple and and opening it up and letting your whole you know letting everybody in your organization just know where you stand uh, on your financial footing and how every, how everybody can help because truly if if these people are in your company because they support you and they want to be a part of it then by help by like help them to help you like teach them what these things are learn yourself Teach them, and uh, and and you can you can turn you know the finances of the arts into something um, that makes you bigger and better. Well, thank you both so much for talking to me, uh, Andrew Hobgood of the New Colony, and Martin Kaminsky. You truly are a rock star. Thank you both so much. <laughs> thank you.